This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. My name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket, say namaste. Hello world. Aniket, I said uh, say namaste only because you're back to India now for a little bit. So how are you finding it? Oh, it's it's uh, wonderful. It's always great to be back yeah. home. Uh, I'm somewhere in deep amidst coffee plantations now. So couldn't... Uh, have it better just that i have a spotty internet connection but uh, we'll we'll make it work oh yeah we'll make it happen uh, we are here this is round 32 of the nl playoffs by the way we are recording this on the 9th of december at around 8:30 in the morning um we have not much lined up because as they say aniket it's the most wonderful time of the year because it's christmas time but also for another reason because we have the world cup going on i've been consumed by uh, world cup mania i've been consumed by world cup fever I don't know about you but I've been trying to watch as many uh, games as possible. It's a little uh, I'm in India too so it's a, it's a little the last game is at around 12:30 in the morning so it's little tricky there but uh, man it's been great. You know it's, it's we 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 get you know there's all kinds of talk about whether the world cup should happen there or not and all of that but once actually the tournament starts all of those tend to take a back seat because it is truly the best tournament in the world oh absolutely and uh, this i think this is also to be honest uh, obviously barring cricket because i started watching it at a very young age but i think this is the longest tournament i have been watching like regularly uh, since i was a kid so there is that as well so it's pretty uh, personal in a lot of ways but I did want to uh, briefly touch upon something uh, but I'll ask you a question when the time is there. Yeah, so let's get going. So we are basically going to talk about what's happened so far and we will try and stay away from any predictions Gotham. Right? Uh, cuz So yeah, as we speak we have the the quarter final starting at tonight I think what Brazil plays yeah 8:30 right but Brazil play the Netherlands late night and then is that the England game earlier on? So let me Oh no it's Croatia Brazil. So the first match is Croatia Brazil and then Netherlands and England and uh, and and uh, England. So we'll 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 take care of those later on maybe once we record the next episode but today let's stick with what has happened as you said. Uh let us start by revisiting our draft that we did and we picked four teams each in the order of who we thought is going to win the World Cup. So you went first I went second. So you had Argentina, Brazil, Spain, Uruguay, I had Belgium, France, England and Netherlands. So we are at um, 2-2 right now. <laughs> we are at 2-2 right now. So that's not not a bad strike rate but uh the only thing with uh, well you had Uruguay so which was you know they, you knew they were not going to win it yeah. all anyway right. Yeah. Kind of a heartbreak against Ghana they played Ghana they revisited the whole 2010 narrative. They thought they were winning and then uh, the other other team had an impact so uh the other game that was going on and i think they were in group f if i remember correctly or h sorry right, right? i think it was uh, group h if i remember correctly yeah they are group h yeah south korea was playing brazil uh sorry portugal. portugal portugal was winning and then south korea took the lead 2-1 and uruguay were in a spot at the very end where they had to score a goal yep. uh to win a, to get a point but they were unable to so they went crashing out That's right it was uh, rather tragic uh, but again I mean I always knew that Uruguay was not coming through but it was on a larger hypothesis I had that maybe it's South America this time that will take the world cup so I was like okay let me put you know one <laughs> one of wager one of my bets on that side just to support my hypothesis but uh, what 
was not surprising. I mean, obviously, they went out in a sad way. I I really felt for them because uh, it was things beyond their control. But what I didn't feel bad for Gotham was how Spain went out. Uh, oh, so okay, again on paper, uh, they're one of the fine. I think you can never rule them out. And uh, I've always uh, been a Spain fan, uh, mostly because ninety percent of the team comes from Barcelona, <laughs> Real Madrid, and I'm uh, I watch a lot of La Liga. But hey, it was really uh, tormenting to see how they went out this year. And so, let's go ahead. So they went out on penalties to Morocco, right? Now, see, I thought going into the match, going into the round of 16 match, I thought Morocco had a really, really good chance to win it. Because Spain was looking little iffy. Morocco was a team on the rise. They have a great team, Morocco, by the way. They are like, they're, they're not a team to be scoffed at. Yep. Uh, so they had a real chance. Because Spain were kind of on the downside. You could see that once after they won 7 0 against Costa Rica. But ever since that, yeah. I think that game kind of masked what how good they were yeah, or how they, bad they you, were. I think even in the group stages, they barely edged it out, right? Literally just, just barely. Sat, yeah, just uh, hung on to what they had and got through. So yeah. it was because remember they won they won they won seven nil and then they played Germany it, it, they drew one all nobody looked convincing in that game it was a great game to watch yeah but neither Germany nor Spain looked good and then they lost to freaking uh, who they they lost to Japan in the very end yeah right? yeah and they hey, lost let's, to Japan let's give it to Japan I think they had a pretty phenomenal world I think they did they beat Germany they beat Spain they they did all the heavy lifting they even went out with a tough fight right it it was not like yes. Just, uh, you know, let it down and what again? Uh, what a the, team! The, the, and the the most awesome thing in that group group E was Anika. There was a point just for about like very brief moment, like couple of minutes, where uh, Japan and Costa Rica were going through instead of Spain and Germany. Right. <laughs> because Germany was uh, Germany was losing to Costa Rica two one at one point, and they came back and won four two. Still wasn't enough, but. There was a point when Japan and Costa Rica believed they were going in. Um, but yeah, Spain. I think to me. The the young core, I guess, is there already. Uh, they they are really in need of a striker. They need someone like uh, David Villa. They need someone like Fernando Torres, they, which, who they do not have. They have Ferran Torres, who's kind of a number nine, I guess, but not really. Yeah. He's. I uh, mean, then you have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be super harsh on uh, Ferran Torres, but hey, that's the reality. You give him like thirty chances, he scores one, and it's. Yeah. It's not surprising why Man City after you see that it's not surprising why Man City let him go uh, and yeah why Barcelona are struggling with him so it is uh, it is what it is they like they you do said, have like they do have Pedri and Gavi all of all of the, all the midfield is I guess kind of sorted out but they need to figure out a striker they need that uh, teeth up yeah. front because they have Pedri Gavi all you, Anzu, all you end up Anzu yeah, exactly. Fati I think Olmo is pretty damn good I think he had a great tournament. Uh, and then uh, I think though in, in personal opinions, let me add the hat of I'm opinionating here. But I did think uh, Sergio Busquets is now you know beyond uh, his days. And let's not forget he's been with the I think the longest serving one of the longest serving servants and one of the best players for a long time. But just the way this World Cup ended for him, uh, yeah, it, it's, just it's his, tragic. And just the and just the way the World Cup literally ended for him with that penalty. Exactly right. right. What you could yeah. see. You could what is see. up with? I was uh, discussing this on the group thread. And let me ask you this: What is up with players just walking into penalties these days? How are you going to generate power? How are you going to keep the goalkeeper guessing? You are giving him all the time in the world to read you, read your body, read if you are opening up. 
if you are right footed that means you're going to the goalkeeper's left or if you're just staying as is and going to the goalkeeper's right you're giving him lot of cues uh, you're giving him all the time in the world to play mind games against you because you're slowly coming in you're not going to have any power at all if you are like uh, who's that guy is it um, jorginho who comes in and jumps that is that is that is good right he still runs in and jumps hop, and yeah. then and then looks at the goalkeeper to see where he's going but what's up with these people just taking three walking into like passing it into the net i don't think that works in these days i mean uh, yeah see the thing is i don't want to sound like a guy who's sitting in an armchair here telling professionals how to play yeah. <laughs> football but but i uh, am <laughs> no but then it it is something to talk about like uh, the fact that i i think it comes from a place of confidence right i i i you're either overly confident or you're underly confident and that's kind of why you have you you're either trying to anticipate what the keeper is doing or you're trying to keep him and sometimes it works sometimes it does not uh, what i at least uh, obviously this is empirical from what i'm observing but it seems mostly not as it's it's not it doesn't work that much but i'm sure if, with, i'm sure if yeah. he squint hard enough you'll find someone some really successful penalty taker who actually does it that way right so but yeah. th- but that would be an outlier uh, in how we see it we have to be like ashraf hakimi man you're just coming in and uh, uh, penankaing <laughs> over the keeper with panash yeah so yeah no it was sad i also felt like i don't know what was it i also felt spain's uh, penalty taking lineup was weird uh, like just uh, from the first through busquets coming in and i don't know man yeah it was it was sad to see it's a, it's a, spain is a good team on paper i think luis enrique also as a manager has to dig deep to answer a lot of tough questions i i think people in spain are going to ask really tough questions of that uh, particular team but yeah, like you said enrique quit right yeah exactly so uh, with that being said uh, yeah i mean i th- i think it was i think it was i actually appreciate it. it it shows taking a responsibility i don't know if quitting is the right way to take a responsibility but it is one of the uh, classic ways of uh, you know accepting responsibility and accepting failure so We'll see yeah, where the, they go. The, if, if Japan and uh, Spain were playing and the 20 penalties, the penalties would still be going right now. Both of them had a terrible time, man. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Japan, uh, Asia Pack, as they call it, right? They have, Asia Pack had a decent uh, a tournament with uh, Japan making it, Australia making it, and South Korea, of all people, yeah. making it through. That was, that was quite a sensational last day of the group stage for South Korea. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's another reason why uh, I had a soft corner for Japan. I, I think they're one of those teams who literally grind it out, right? Uh, Every tournament. Yeah, yeah, they're just there. They're putting everything they have out there. And also, if you see the game against Spain, I think tactically they do a pretty good job of, you know, just handling the tactics. And then the remaining is le- left to the counterattack that they try to put on and score in the odd goal. And, and they can run. They exactly. Run. So, superb team, Japan. Uh, actually, I was sad to see them out. And they always go out with grace. Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's also call out the supporters of Japan. You know, we saw uh, viral videos of how, this, yeah. of how they were helping clean up the stadium. And uh, man, s- some of the most humbling visuals you see, like how humble the team, the manager is. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic uh, case study in general, like how, how good the team is. and it, it like you said what they're from asia and i think that makes it uh, even better right yeah exactly uh south korea was uh, was the other improbable team to make it there were some tremendous scenes at the end of the portugal game i don't think they had they were even expecting that they would go through right uh, but uh, things uh, they just panned out that way they had to win that game and they won it 
uh, which meant that they made it through uh, looked little um, overwhelmed with brazil <laughs> when they played brazil brazil just knocked them out of the park man so i think that's no a wonderful s- wonderful segue to now talk about uh, some of the four runners right or maybe some of the draft yeah. picks we've made so yeah. we can maybe start off with no, your... you spoke about you you picked brazil so i want you to talk about them yeah i don't know what what i can say i mean i i actually want argentina to win uh, and it's obviously biased because i want messi who's been there for so long to finally lift the world cup but again you cannot predict these things but with the way things are playing out it seems brazil and france are going to be the two teams that that have the highest probability of picking this uh, trophy up at least purely mathematically like just the way they're playing and the current form so i think it'll be fair and i'll have one team you'll have one team up there it'll be interesting <laughs> no actually see. brazil plays uh, croatia tonight so if uh, sorry yeah brazil plays croatia and then i have france and england right yeah, so, yeah they might be so might be, okay it'll be i mean what i meant to say was like uh, the front runners in this two packs that you've picked and i picked yeah. seem to be france and brazil and i mean what more can i say I, i think it was pleasure to watch especially their previous game where they won 4-1 right against uh, it was south korea, south korea itself yeah. right so and dude some of the football they played Oof, I I don't know what to say. It was just I think the first goal was uh with Richardson there. Oh, it was just crazy passing. It was just it was beautiful football. The I other think, chip assist that somebody got. Sorry? There there was a chip assist to the right, right. third goal. Uh, no, was it chip assist or was it Paqueta who finally uh the fourth goal was I think I think Paqueta if I remember correctly who yeah. put it in uh but there's this famous word right it's joga bonito which is play yeah. play beautiful and i think they symbolize it more than anything right now at least one of the teams that do it so well and let's not forget man they're packed from front to back like they have one of the strongest midfields one of the strongest offenses defenses yes uh, goalkeeper they have alisson so they're a very well rounded team which is uh, cool yeah no let's see how how far they and go they, it'll and be they interesting seem to enjoy each other's company even the coaches dancing when the goal is scored and all of that right. stuff right so uh, but speaking of who did not enjoy the tournament at all is belgium who, who i picked first aniket belgium looked awful right from the beginning I, i think there was now the postmortem is out right so i think there was an article on in i think it was probably on the washington post or the new york times one of those two where they were talking about how uh, dysfunctionality kind of crept into the team Here was a team when Roberto Martinez initially got selected as the coach. Um, everything was good. He instituted English as the main language because there are a couple of major languages that they speak. Uh, so English was seen as this quote-unquote link language. Uh, everything was okay, but as things progressed, every next tournament, they made it to the semifinals, which was probably their best result in the last World Cup. But ever since they lost in the Euros, I think in the league stage, or pretty early in the competition last time and now, there seems to be some kind of this functionality creeping in the golden generation is pretty much gone now with maybe i don't know de bruyne might be there in the next one uh, coto might be there but there there are some wholesale changes coming up roberto martinez resigned uh, so yeah it reminds me as you said you pointed out right there was this golden generation for england where they had all these people in the early 2000s who never really achieved anything so very underwhelming uh, belgium's golden generation too right and uh, again uh I think this World Cup has a lot of resignations right so Martinez yeah. himself resigned uh, after uh, the I don't know is it right to say debacle but whatever uh, after the loss uh, which was I think a rather underwhelming performance from a team like that uh, especially given that I felt surprising I thought even Kevin De Bruyne was <laughs> missing for some reason like I always had my 
eye on him or maybe I just didn't see enough of him. I don't know what it was, but it seemed that even having a world-class player like him uh, didn't seem to uh, do much. And let's not forget uh, Lukaku's outing on the final day. I think it was like four chances in front of the goal that uh, he missed. And oh man, he 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 wouldn't have. He he still must not be sleeping. Like just the way it panned out. Uh, those were uh, uh, I won't say simple, but uh, chances you expect uh, Lukaku or maybe Lukaku. I won't say Lukaku can do anything, but a professional it, it football have, striker yeah. to finish right so yeah. honestly it shouldn't have come to that because lukaku if you looked at him he was not he was not nearly match fit yeah. the way he was moving the way he was running you could see that he was not 100% uh, he i don't think he had enough match practice before it shouldn't have come to that now remember they barely won against canada canada that thought outplayed belgium but just a direct ball over the top uh, with bachwai scoring just ended up uh getting the points for belgium and then they lose against morocco morocco were the better side on the day right and then against croatia they were like let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and they put in lukaku after what 60 65 minutes and then he had that howler of a game it shouldn't have come to that um now did martinez stick with some of the older guys for too long in hindsight maybe yes because hazard was not good he was dropped he was started off the bench in the last game against croatia uh their defense they just looked slow the the, the three at the back uh so maybe they needed some uh, uh, changes to be made earlier they they might they might needed some uh, planning to be done but uh they had they do not have any other world class defenders in their side either so i i don't know if roberto martinez had any other choice but them but maybe they should have started a project a couple of years ago but it was too late yeah and uh, if i remember correctly even de bruyne had some comments about age you know he made yeah he, which is very interesting he, yeah. yeah it was surprising also i, I don't yeah. typically see de bruyne make, yeah. make comments like that but um, he did and and then again i think toby alderweireld who came out and made some counter yeah. counter claims so it just seems like Apparently, you know they, they never got along well with off. each other yeah. yeah according to what i read they never got along well with each other Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So, so there was that rift anyway, but then the uh, comments didn't help. I didn't. I didn't know of the rift, but it just it just pointed to like lack of harmony in the squad. Yeah, and it, it's sad. Uh, I think again, like the, uh, one of those classic uh, teams, you know, on paper, super strong. Uh, we've seen that a, cu- a couple of times in in the World Cup history, so not really surprised. Well, speaking of uh, paper tigers, Aniket. Uh, Germany. I like that word. Germany Paper was Tigers. pretty it's bad good. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Germany was pretty bad too. And yeah. Time, uh, yeah. In another draft, I did pick Germany as my first pick, and they really went crashing out. Uh, I, none of us picked Germany in our draft. That was the one team that got left behind in our draft. I guess we did not value them as highly as we should have, and right, maybe rightly so. So Germany had a pretty bad outing. Uh, they initially, I think, the first game was. Uh, Who was it against? They lost against. Uh, let me give me one second. I'm looking at it. So they they lose their first game against Japan two one. Then they draw with Spain, which meant that they had they had to uh, win against uh, win and win big against Costa Rica because Spain had this tremendous goal difference with with seven nil against Costa Rica and then and Japan was winning against Spain. So they were in a very bad spot. So pretty bad outing uh, for Germany. They should have uh, never lost against Japan. if you think about it on paper but japan was the more spunkier side uh so what did you make of germany they looked very underwhelming i thought they should have started leroy sane throughout i don't know why they didn't the first game at least they were he was coming off the bench 
even in the second game too i think so i i don't know it was just i, I kind of got stuck in the past i thought with muller well yeah uh, that that's one way of seeing it the other way of seeing it also is that they have a fantastic team right you have kimmich you have mosiala you have like 3/4 of bundesliga playing there right and like some of the 3/4 of bayern munich more yeah like. exactly so uh, really really promising team again i don't know uh, one thing i did especially try to notice about germany was i didn't understand their uh, football like i it, it missed me maybe it was just me but i it really uh, i felt like i i couldn't see one standard uh, when i say that i with i say it to response i don't mean that every team should play one way every game right you uh, you approach every game but uh, when i was watching germany it just seemed like there was uh, not one way like they were trying to attack you know there, there was i think reliability problems uh, maybe they could rely on one player always like you said uh, maybe overuse of muller i would i would use the word overuse like or over relying yeah. on muller uh, shouldn't have started maybe st- uh, making come off the bench right and uh, yeah no i don't know I, yeah i don't have much more to add apart from that uh, you've said most of it that uh, so, again it does come down to the manager i i, I the thing is i've not seen hansi flicks post match interviews so i can't comment but i'm very curious to know what he said and uh, how he'll be treated cuz hey let's not forget uh, even though we didn't pick them they were uh, they're always a favorite like they my dad's team so my dad was very heartbroken when uh, <laughs> germany was out so it was it was really sad die mindshaft is that what they're <laughs> called mindshaft uh, the machine or something like that anyway um i think similar to spain germany was also missing a striker now they eventually landed on one in uh, nicolas full Krut, I think is his name. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, he had a Fulkrug. good tournament and good uh, season. Good tournament. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nicholas Fulkrug. Uh, but so again, the, they went the Spain way and tried to like have a false nine in in Muller or whoever is playing up front with uh, like Coman or who is the other guy, Nabri, Serge Nabri too, right? But it never works in in World Cups like yeah. these. Yeah, in World Cups like these, especially in tournaments like these, you need some out and out striker because international game is different from club football. so you have all these underdog teams just parking the bus so to speak or just emphasizing more on the defensive side of things so if you are a false nine if you're trying to run behind on the defense or something teams are much more advanced these days so they are more defensively minded so you need somebody like an out and out striker like as i said again david bia is a classic example i love that guy uh, right, so you yeah. needed somebody like him uh, to you know score those goals like uh, rude van nistelrooy for example right? right you need somebody like that to finish up up front which they couldn't so all you ended up is the germany lacking any penetration and spain ended up passing side by side side to side and nothing else yeah spain and yeah i should i didn't make this point but spain did look very boring uh, of yeah. all that was said uh, they just didn't have any any punch to offer i think there are a lot of possession though yeah i mean yeah the well that that's uh, that's i mean one philosophy but i feel just having possession makes no sense like even though i'm a, I know. even though i'm a barcelona fan i i think you you have to make use of possession just hang on to the ball in midfield and uh, passing around uh, that that's yeah the, yeah. the tiki taka doesn't look too good if it's not uh, scoring any goals does it so right. boring and i mean even the tiki taka was uh, i think it's a good recommendation i'm going to give at the end but i'll give it right away i, I i've already recommended it's called take the ball pass the ball uh, it's the story of uh, pep guardiola and barcelona's uh, sextuple where debut season where they won six trophies right so you have all these greats javi and everyone talking about the team and how they played so in that you will see more than once it was never about keeping position but it's it's about uh doing something with that position right it was high exactly. press uh, moving uh, the ball 
obviously because of a lot of low blocks they kept moving the ball in like the midfield but it was still done with an intention um, yeah i so. read a f- funny tweet somewhere that said spain mess up tiki taka nahi hai i love these guys they come up with some wonderful stuff yeah um uh, speaking of people actually who are enjoying playing with each other the dutch the netherlands team i picked them uh, last i think yeah that was my fourth pick uh they have been a bit of a revelation they have they've won all the games that they're supposed to uh, louis van gaal great comeback story he had they had cancer prostate cancer came back by all accounts he seems he's he's a very uh how do you put it a character he's very colorful character but he, now he's on the positive side of that colorful character where he seems to be getting along with every other player in the team uh he's having a good time in the press conferences he's having a great time with the players they have a really good team uh we spoke briefly about frank de jong but uh, the other people are uh, taking the laurels because frank de jong has been uh, tepid i should say but gakpo has been excellent Leeds United apparently have been uh, looking for him more or less the deal is done but now he came out and said hey maybe Manchester United might come calling so who knows so he's like yeah. throwing in hints and stuff this but is what anyway, World Cups are for right so. exactly exactly so Gakpo has been excellent Depay has been great uh, let's not forget always... I was going to add Depay is now uh, the second highest scorer after uh, Robin Van Persie right so yes, uh, yes. I think he's overtaken Hunter Lahr who again in his day was fantastic So I think he has 43 goals or something now for 43 or 44 yeah. maybe for Netherlands and uh, clearly he's playing very well for the team and they just dismantled uh, USA they're like they were nothing man 3-1 uh, Depay scored Daily Blind scored his dad is still in the coaching staff by the way I think he his dad was the head coach but then when Luis van Gaal was there he kind of made way for him and stayed on the team and and is working with Luis van Gaal Luis van Gaal which is kind of interesting but great So as soon as Daily Blind scored the goal against the United States he went straight to his dad and hugged I thought that was a great moment man with yeah. his dad there and him scoring that is that's pretty cool. So yeah they're, uh, they they look good uh, Dumfries is good Klaas and Gakpo Depay they have a solid solid team they've been winning all games Math- Mathias Delict has been good Steven Bergwijn has been good so they've been winning all the games they should um, they will have uh, they they've already had a good tournament so we'll see what happens. Yeah and like um, we said before now it's the business end of the tournament right so we'll yeah. actually see how thing teams do and I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about how Netherlands will do I think they will I hope they go to the next level but again they're playing Argentina so I don't want to be too optimistic for Netherlands <laughs> because <laughs> but yeah but who knows what can happen as far as Argentina goes right they've been up and down this tournament yeah exactly i mean that's like that's why that's another reason why i mean they're they're clearly not like oh outright favorites like i would put brazil and france like uh, you can almost always count on these two teams but it's not the same case with argentina they've been struggling but let's not forget messi's pulling them along pretty well like he's uh, the game against mexico australia he's he's stepping up i mean it's all you can expect from me i mean it's a team game for a reason so you have 10 other teammates around you and i think as a team they're they're struggling i, I would say i would use the word they're, they're staying afloat i think that's the right word they're they're managing to stay afloat but then again i see a clear overlands and messi and you you can't play world cups like that like i mean you it might work at you know when you look back in hindsight oh but that's not how you would approach a world cup game and they seem to be a team that's struggling so I'll keep my fingers crossed and pray on. That that Messi goal against Australia though man. 
that is something else the, the, he always passes these balls into the net somehow uh, <laughs> just his footwork just his awareness uh, he i think he put it through the legs of one guy too dude, uh, so quite an unbelievable goal. even the goal against um, uh, meiko when uh, the opening goal like yeah phenomenal he didn't have i think more than a couple of touches before that and he yeah. floats like a butterfly he's like just not running he's just floating around and this ball comes to his feet phenomenal first touch like and then he just i don't know how he generates that power like if you observe closely the goalkeeper is closer to the near post and yeah. he still somehow from 25 yards out on a grounded shot squeeze i mean and you could also see the pressure they were under right argentina was real and that was the went like you could really see messi you know emote after that particular goal so yeah they talk they talk about having um... Uh, the ball the ball on a string with his foot right it's just when he dribbles if he's the only guy no other player has this where when he dribbles right it's as if he's going along with the ball and is not chasing after ball when he dribbles it's right. just just on his perfectly on his stride it's like i don't know now even how to uh, express it in words when he dribbles the ball is literally there on yeah. his foot literally on his stride it's not yeah. as if he's it's uh, kicking the ball way too far and running after it or you know where other players do right it's just it's, like he's running along with the ball at serious pace it's magical messi yeah no and uh, i think we're going to miss uh, especially so i think this is a good segue to another team uh, with a legend cristiano ronaldo portugal I think this is the last world cup uh, I think we're going to miss uh, no matter what happens after this uh, I doubt both of them will play again uh, but again you never say never so in a world no, cup they're not going to play again uh, yeah I mean but <laughs> I refrain from saying that cuz I've been proven wrong many times but yeah you know with all statistically it seems improbable uh, and yeah so let's talk about portugal cuz uh, yeah, we have portugal, cristiano ronaldo portugal, i, I have, actually uh, again uh, for in all honesty i missed their previous game where they beat switzerland 7-1 7-0 6-1 6-1 6-1 okay yeah so i i missed that so uh, gautam tell us about uh, what you saw and what you thought about uh, i think portugal have somehow stumbled upon uh, their best lineup minus ronaldo uh ronaldo have was apparently dissenting when he got subbed off in the previous game uh, so got the coach to hurt man like yeah so yeah. the coach sat him down started off the bench and as soon as the game started uh, the replacement to ronaldo gonzalo ramos scored immediately in the 17th minute and he ended up getting a hat trick and then got subbed uh, and then ronaldo was left uh, picking up the spoils right now ronaldo looked like he was good uh it was a good team player from the bench but he had to be hurting in inside there's no way he's just saying so but again when you're a great player like that you just do not accept that your uh, skills are waning away that's just how it works right yeah. so you all these things have to end at some point and this is where it's ending for him now would i be surprised if he comes off the bench again no because i think portugal have stumbled upon a really good lineup uh, with uh, a good striker up front who can finish and also kind of come back on defense because uh, you need somebody who can come back track back on defense as well as press right so you need that guy and gonzalo ramos is uh, giving you that uh, now i would like bruno fernandes to come more and cent- come more centrally instead of uh, starting on the right wing because i think he's a little underutilized there uh, but then jao felix had an excellent excellent game against the swiss so he can pretty much fulfill the 10 role but i think it would be great to have jao felix and bruno fernandes kind of uh, flip flop between that number 10 position but they have a solid side man pepe scored yeah. at 39 years of age that is kind of weird 
uh i don't know if i have to, if i can actually root for him at this stage of his career or not because he was such a as a bit of a dick on the field so um <laughs> earlier earlier i tried real madrid pepe right yeah. you all you all knew how much of a but apparently by uh, by all counts he's a, just a tremendous guy off the field yeah. everybody likes pepe so i don't know if i have to root for him or not but either way good for pepe uh, he's scored, he, he's he's scored a, I mean, a very great yeah, not the biggest fan of real madrid but he was a phenomenal player uh, for yeah. them i mean he he also was a leader kind of a guy he did all these side gimmicks and stuff which really pissed a lot i mean some people like it maybe but it really so pissed so busquets remember early yeah. early yeah, busquets yeah. i mean busquets i still remember the time when he fell down and through his eye he was trying to see a man yeah. he he <laughs> when you do stuff like that you don't embarrass yourself you embarrass your team and your supporters you know so it is it's really uh, tragic because there are folks rooting for you and when you pull shit like that uh, yeah. yeah it's it's tragic yeah so pepe was the so i think uh, portugal have accidentally kind of in a way they has things turned off have stumbled onto a really good team ronaldo off the bench is a is a danger yeah. now if he's starting maybe not but let's say you are um, you are looking for a goal you are 0-0 at around 70 minutes or so for ronaldo to come in from he's the bench a, he's the guy straight. you want to have on your team absolutely to, you to get that. a penalty in the 80th minute you want ronaldo to take that penalty i'm not joking he's yeah. a great penalty taker yeah i know 100% yeah it does have to hurt like you said what you said was perfect right that i mean they're here because of something called self belief they genuinely believe yeah uh they're the world's best and if you also look at ronaldo talk he says he's the world's best so it is that belief you have and uh, and you've done it so many times there's always a belief that you can come back right because uh, again if you think about it statistically uh, just to compare with the younger generation players so erling haaland is having a phenomenal season this time I think Ronaldo has had it for 20 odd years right having a phenomenal season like back to back it's not easy right and it's uh, it really tells you about their greatness and again Messi you can talk about Ronaldo and Messi in the same breath because they've been stealing i think how many ballon d'ors between themselves i don't know yeah. but uh has to be in two double figures right yeah yeah i think so yeah, yeah. It's just it's just insane so that's 6 the, plus 5 5 plus 5 something like that i don't know yeah so that's the kind of dominance they have had and uh, it does suck for ronaldo especially given that uh he's come out of manchester united with this, with very similar problems and it was of i i it is my understanding was he was super confident that okay portugal he's still the main guy right uh yeah. turns out uh, it's not but hey again uh, let's not discuss individuals and let's come to the team i think they're a pretty good team again can't make predictions but uh, they're going to give a run to any team for the money right yeah they're good absolutely Uh, let let briefly talk about england so far again sim- very much like the netherlands they won all the games that they should have that's all i have to say about them like just the that fact that <laughs> <laughs> just they won all games that they should <laughs> they that is won it. all the games they should have uh, it's uh, i mean i'll i'll leave it at that I, again dude and again they're a phenomenal too, team say. let's not get anything away every player there uh, every player there will start for any other team in the world right any yeah. other national team yeah every player will start everywhere maybe for every club so they're that good a team i think they've been doing pretty well i uh, tactically as well but i think yeah. their biggest weakness i've said this before is their manager right get so get i don't i i don't fully trust him so we'll see how that goes but Yeah you tell us more about England I have nothing uh, really outstanding to add about England just the fact that they they're a great team and they're playing good football I think they'll really be tested now I think after much no not after much but after a couple of games I think uh, Southgate has arrived at a lineup 
that is their best i think jude bellingham has been a revelation he's freaking 19 years old man and yeah. he's dictating midfield like he is i don't know like xavi or somebody yeah. he's amazing just the maturity he has he's playing like a veteran player he's freaking 19 years old right. amazing i uh, just amazing jude bellingham has been great but i think up front is where uh, uh, southgate has arrived at a really good uh, combination harry kane is always there but to have saka and Foden on his on his on either side is just awesome it was actually because i think sorry to interrupt but it was actually good to see yeah. finally foden making the uh, exactly right this is something we spoke about earlier when 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 we did speak about in the previous episode of not having foden and uh, i think he was playing mason mount instead yes. so uh, having foden is pretty good so well he had uh, well he had mason mount in the midfield but he had sterling Stur- yes foden. that's right yeah so sterling i think is uh, what should i say he's uh, that's the more conservative choice that right? he has the experience he has played in tournaments but then again he he's not the sterling anymore he can't finish at all he's he's great at making runs maybe but he's not he's not phil foden come on let's make, let's <laughs> not uh, beat around the bush phil foden was coming off the bench i thought which was a it was a travesty that he was coming off the bench so uh, saka just a tremendous year with arsenal like, tremendous last couple of years with yeah. arsenal he's the guy in form He's been Dude, he's, he's 21 too, right? He's he's also he's, he's 21 he's too. 21, yeah. yeah. And then Foden. So, absolutely. I would uh, Declan Rice I think has been a very stable presence instead of Mason Mount. I think Declan Rice and Mason Mount both are interchangeable for me. Mason Mount I think is a great guy. Yeah. He can play in any system. So, I'm not too uh either way he's coming off the bench. So, I'm I'm I I guess I'm okay with it. Jordan Henderson is has been great too. So, maybe Henderson, Declan Rice and Mason Mount anybody is interchangeable there. Uh, Bellingham has been great. uh the defense has been really good the uh, right back uh was eric dyer uh, earlier for the first couple of games but then he had a, a very sub up performance and now they've ended up with kyle walker who i think is the best right back in england right now i, I was going kyle to, walker has yeah. yeah i was going to say the same he, thing yeah he has the pace he has the pace he has the defensive ability to do it and they're playing france tonight and if anybody can stop or at least try to keep up with mbappe that is Kyle Walker right because Eric Dyer I don't think is cutting uh, cutting it for Mbappe and it also surprised me Kyle Walker is now in his 30s right he just yeah. doesn't seem to slow down man i mean he's just no. he's just insane uh, speed typically at least i've seen that as you can see a decline in uh, speed of a lot of players for example a classic example would be Hector Bellerin right for Arsenal and now Barca yeah. have bought him in without his pace he's nothing like he was everything because of the uh, phenomenal speed he had and you can see that now when he plays for barcelona i don't know why we bought him but uh we did and you can see that there's just nothing uh he can add uh when he doesn't have that pace so but you don't see kyle walker swing obviously there's injuries and stuff to it so he's been injured yeah. and stuff but yeah no it's good to see walker back exactly and quite a clinical performance so far uh, they're playing france tonight so that might be another story altogether but uh, they are uh, uh, they won against senegal in the round of 16 senegal i think is a great story as well they shouldn't have been there uh, with uh, what's his what's his name sadio mane not being there but then uh, somehow they somehow made it you know if you can make it to the round of 16 uh, with a team that is not full strength you'll take it right so yeah, it's right. been great any other stories that caught your eye aniket uh, the story of uh, morocco uh, i think it's the first yeah, time in their history morocco. yeah it's the first yeah. time in their history that uh, they've made it uh, this far i believe yeah so and uh, you've already said this uh, gotham that they are you can't take them easy right like you have some really good players one of my uh, favorite players is who has a phenomenal left foot is hakim ziyech 
really good player then there is hakimi uh, i don't know they have a well rounded team like uh, folks from i think every league in the world doing in, doing pretty well in uh, in some of the really good teams are now in moroccan team so do you want to add something no and uh, and nasri is pretty good hakim ziek as you said is excellent uh what is this give me one second i'm going to get his name i think his name is bufal right yeah bufal yeah, yeah, bufal yeah. has been great yeah, yeah, yeah. he can't play beyond 60 minutes but he's been awesome just making runs beating beating defenders left and right he's been a great addition of course as i said ashraf hakimi has just been awesome their uh, captain i think aguard aguard or somebody he's, he's pretty good so you always get this one team in every world cup where, who punch about their weights and this time it is morocco and i'm not saying punching about the weights as in they have a weak team that made it but they have a strong team yeah, but yeah. nobody would back them right nobody backs them to make it this far to the quarter finals but lo and behold here they are yeah and i think uh, just when you do again games are not one on paper but if you did a paper to paper match against uh, spain i think nobody would have picked morocco to play the way they did and obviously spain was had a dull 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 game so and you could see they were playing they they were tactically sound too they were like yeah have all the ball you want no worries just yeah, exactly. keep passing away passing away. we'll get the ball and then try to counter you yeah so it seemed like they had more of a game plan than spain did absolutely right spain yeah. just couldn't find a way through uh it was just side passes side passes like literally i i slept during that game i'm not kidding like i fell <laughs> you literally asleep. went to sleep i fell asleep in that game and i was like uh, i was watching it with my dad <laughs> and after some time i'm like i just opened up i'm like oh it's still 0-0 <laughs> so it was it was sad to see spain like that and it, i mean good to morocco like i think they they did the job they came out to do yeah uh, absolutely absolutely uh, the uh, i think uh, the Moroccans were the feel good story but they're also uh, we already discussed uh, some feel bad stories i guess but the one team i really uh, not really but i kind of want to touch upon is croatia it is a team who do not look the part at all but somehow always managed to find their way through and they did manage to find their way through uh, against uh, who, who who did they win against i think croatia, they beat yeah, uh, they beat uh, somebody on penalties was it japan, japan. beat against yeah they beat yeah, japan, they beat on japan penalties, yeah. right So yeah they somehow find a way through there is this uh, ongoing thing in England where this oh the croatians are tired and they still managed to beat them in the euros right because they played these back to back extra time games in the euros yeah but anyway uh, not the euros was it the world cup that they beat them i don't know I, anyway so so just to go back i i i i don't get the exact match you're talking about but just a history of croatia i think so last world cup they were in the finals and yes. uh, prior to that it was the last world cup i was talking about yeah Sorry. so they were they were in the finals and again they had a they had a world cup to remember right um, yeah. and then before that i think every time they've gone off the knockout stage i think it was in the uh, late 90s 98 or 99 they uh, if i remember i vaguely remember just remember that they reached to the semis again so uh, yeah. once they uh, clear their knockout stages they have a pretty uh, decent tournament and it'll be interesting to see Let's not forget they have a brilliant team. I mean, I don't know about you guys, I'd like to know your thoughts on this, but do you think this team has like one particular weakness? Like I I I think they're a pretty well-rounded team. Like from front to back, you have players in every position who are really good. Uh yes. So, I don't think there are obvious weaknesses, but there are, I don't think there are obvious uh, strengths either, right? That's why I say they're like a team that is supposed to I guess do well and they're doing it well, but will they go all the way through probably not? is my guess at this point because you are right they don't have any obvious weaknesses but they don't have 
or uh, like uh, obvious uh, strengths either right so, so if you think if you of, i mean the, again this is i'm just running you through yeah, like ahead. you have at the back you have dejan yeah. lovren who had a yeah. phenomenal game like yeah. uh, against japan then you have yeah. uh, okay the midfield you have brozovic you have come on luka modric you have kovacic kovacic right and then uh, their front you have uh, perisic who's having a really good uh, time yeah. on the wings you know he he puts in great assists and let's not forget he's also finishing right and his tracking back he always defends it's exactly great. and you have again andrej kramaric kramaric yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, i i think they're a pretty decent well-rounded side i think i would i would stick to using that word they have players yeah. players in every position how they work as a team is a good question and so far i think they've been doing a good job like they're getting the job done every time so uh, what does surprise me is the maestro luka modric oh my god at 37 he's he still got it i don't know yeah he's he's still really 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 good like some of the passes only he can pick like yeah he's still running some of those outside of the boot passes yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, still manages to find people yeah he is he's he's a great player uh, what do you make of the here is a, a left field question for you what do you make of the kits in the world cup they have been very unavailable i do not like that not no one kit has tickled my fancy the portuguese away kit in white was okay the moroccan kit was good but other than that there's no obvious uh, good kits man it's been very unavailable the belgium kit with fire and stuff looked yeah. really really tacky and cheap <laughs> yeah no nothing the germany one with like a strip from top to bottom the white one yeah white and the black strip coming from top to bottom was not as good spain was just blah i don't know nah, the kits were not good at all this world cup so uh, my favorite jersey over the years has always been germany like yeah. just their white with their simple emblem uh, it's always been super classy but right now yeah i i i support your statement like i i don't have a favorite jersey this time too bad uh, peru didn't make it this time peru always has that stash the stash is pretty cool oh uh, it's pretty good when you uh, say stash you mean that cut through the the diagonal one yeah, yeah the diagonal yeah, yeah, one yeah. through from the top to the bottom that's pretty good yeah. um the yeah other than that nothing was nothing was but i guess the 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 croatians awake it is also I'm, i don't think they've worn it yet i think that is pretty good uh the canadians black was kind of good i don't know if you look looked at the canadians black kit now that you tell black me i it rings a bell but otherwise i yeah. yeah i didn't notice it i do i never liked the croatian kit but i'm starting to grow to like it it's weird that is that is I'm, a polarizing one right yeah, that's a polarizing yeah opinion. i never liked it but now it's it's growing on me yeah this time they they didn't go all the way through with those checks yeah uh, they they kind of left some uh, plain white but their away kits are pretty cool uh, historically speaking so we'll see what happens with those kits but yeah uh, adidas nike has a puma just have to pick the game up man it's they've been awful <laughs> did you see the usa kit by the way the usa kit was bad man yeah. nike come on nike is it's your home country pick up your game <laughs> they look very ordinary oh i okay quick question uh which one i i talking about the blue one or the white one the white one looks minimalistic and simple right like yeah I, but the design was just i was talking of the white one yeah design okay. was just like blah it, it reminded me of all those uh, olympic kits in 2004 or something they looked very old okay you know how on, on near the neck they have that design in red or something yeah. it's like so 
Athens 2004 or wow. Beijing 2008. <laughs> so I'm out of depth here because clearly you pay a lot of interest on jerseys. Half I of care, the, I half care. Of these I care things, about design. Half of these things didn't register with me. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I saw the US jersey. I, I actually, before you made this comment, I thought it was a pretty good jersey. <laughs> it was simple. It was minimalistic. It was just white and a couple of colors. This is the blue and the reds, which is, you know. I'm saying I expected a lot more. More, okay. That's all. Yeah. Hopefully, when they make it to uh, Canada, Mexico, and America in the next edition of the World Cup, they'll uh, pick their games up. Up their game, yeah. Yeah. So, so with that, uh, uh, Gautam, do you want to talk about uh, anything particular? Like, again, we I, I think we should just talk about the upcoming games, but not make predictions like what the games are. Just list them out. Uh, so, today we have, uh, when I say today, we are on the 9th of December. 9th of December, yeah. And it's 9.30 a.m. So, you have... Croatia Brazil that play today at 8:30 in the evening Indian standard time which is again it's going to be a great game uh and then after I'm going to go Brazil in extra time I'm just I'm just making predictions just for the sake of <laughs> I thought we we'll I how. thought we were not going to do that <laughs> but okay no I'm I'm not going to make any predictions uh, though I would I'm like happy I would, to make a fool of myself though, I, though I would not, like I Brazil to win yeah, yeah yeah I would like Brazil to win the next game again is uh at later which is uh 12:30 a.m game on the 10th in your standard time is Netherlands-Argentina. So, it's going to be a face-off between my draft picks and your draft picks today. We will, Netherlands we will, one nil. We will Netherlands wait for the banter in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> to see who goes through. But then, uh, then tomorrow is Morocco-Portugal. That'll be an That's interesting game. game. It'll be a yeah. very interesting game. I think Morocco again has a real chance this time. You think so? I think, I, okay, I'm not making a prediction here, but I think Portugal might just... Uh, I yeah. just end their tournament. But would you be surprised if Morocco won it? No. Uh, maybe. Yeah, just just because just because of the team Portugal have yeah, the yeah. form they've found, maybe slightly yes. But I would say this: Morocco is going to put up a fight. It's not going to be a walkover. Yeah. Like it definitely won't be a walkover. And then finally, England and France are a game I just cannot wait for. So that's going to be one hell of a game. Can't wait for it. So I would like to know your predictions on this particular one. Uh, England, France. I think France start out favorites. France should win it. Yeah. Uh, even though they don't have uh, Benzema, even though they don't have Kante, no Pogba, Pogba. doesn't matter. Dude, what it a team! Matter. Without without these guys, still a great seriously serious Kante and Mbappe. I'm sure uh, Griezmann is there. You know, there are a lot of other quality players, but Mbappe is just like. Let's up. not forget Giroud. Uh, Giroud, yeah. Yeah, he's he. He always great, right. He always shows up. Yeah, he always shows up. Uh, if Kyle Walker is giving him up a good time, he'll come more centrally or come uh, switch wings. So uh, good luck. Uh, so, Lukaku is pretty fast too. So I don't know. If, it'll be it, interesting. It's, it's tough. It's, it'll it'll be a, it'll be an interesting yeah. game. Uh, I I'm very curious to see how England will approach this tactically. Like wh- what is what are they going to do? They'll they'll play conservatively, try to defend their asses off and try to hit them on the counter. counter yeah. Nothing fancy. Yeah, let's see. I I'm very curious yeah, to see how they approach yeah. it. I mean, let's. I mean, I, I I keep writing England off, but let's not forget they were the finalists in Europe Euros. So yeah, yeah. they they is, have. Is that all the quarterfinal games? Yeah. Okay. Right? So yeah, and then the years. semis, which are to be decided. So we have uh, four quarterfinal games, which means eight teams, yeah, right? Yeah. So we just move from the round of sixteen to the round of eight, and then. We so have... by the time we meet next time, Aniket, to talk on the podcast, we'll know who the world champion is. So can't wait for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I give you one more chance. Do you want to take a pick for the finalists right now? If you had to oh, pick the one finalist. team, yeah. Jeez, I think the on the because it's on the other side of the draft. Uh, Brazil has a really decent shot. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, to make it to the finals and then i'm going to say brazil france yeah okay i i second your thing again we are uh, you know <laughs> looking into the sky and <laughs> talking out of our yeah out of the sky but yeah no i would i would say on paper these two look the strongest and what they seem so it'll be fun let's see the good thing though is both these picks have one of my team and one of your team so yeah that's true it's a, it's a these moderately successful draft season yeah, for yeah. also the uh, with the uh, other thing i think that now everybody has realized is qatar didn't deserve to be in this world cup neither should have they hosted it so and this is what this is what i told you i will talk when the time is right so if you remember early on in the episode i told you i yeah. have a question for you so this whole topic about qatar right not not qatar let's put it this way when you have a sporting event and talking about uh, the host nations uh, hosting it whatever the atrocities the rights so the question is where do you draw the line right uh, so do you expect the players to protest do you expect uh, what's your take on this like so you have all this stuff happening recently i saw on uh, i think some of the social media and twitter there was this post that went viral about a guy who wore a t-shirt that said uh, women freedom lives or something like that and he was actually not allowed and he was an iranian he was not allowed in the stadium so and uh, they asked him to remove his uh, basically t-shirt to let him in and he was detained for a couple of hours and what not so yeah what's your take on this that's it's an open ended question let me leave it open ended what's your take on all of this where do you stand uh so i think it is unfair of the general public to expect players to always stand up for a political stance or for a human rights stance publicly now if a team or if a player does it i mean more power to him it's he's like a very uh, he or she is very much in my judgment at least uh, he or she goes up a notch for me goes up higher a notch for me right but if you if if the general public's expectation is that all the players should take a stance on all things all the time i don't think that's going to happen for example right um you you saw the iranians uh, iranians stood silent uh, on the national anthem because they were protesting the women's rights in iran right uh, now if the iranians did not do that and sung the national anthem and just played played football right would i would i still would i still have said oh yeah why did they not take a take a stance but dude we are we are sitting in uh, a democracy here in india or in the united states which is which is another you know much more liberal it's democracy a privilege. Right? it's let's, it is a let's, privilege let's, right? it, it's a privilege now, to I'm, be able I'm to not, say what you want yeah, and not get hounded for yeah. it yeah. as a matter of fact now that they took the stance and not did not sing anything is amazing is that admirable yep. yep yeah if if they did not do that and just played their game i would have been totally fine with that too because personally it's not my my expectation that every player has to stand up for what's going on in their country now the the flip side is you cannot just count out to everything that the government says either right for example you see you remember uh, uh, there was this uh, i think it was some kind of a twitter uh, bomb or something where literally all the sports players in india were like admiring modi or somebody after uh, he did something to pakistan or that i think it was that precision air strikes or something everybody who came out uh, it was like a mass copy and paste twitter post like this oh congrats blah 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 now that i think is problematic too if you are like literally blindly uh, following the orders of the government of the day to do anything you want without actually you know you might not really believe it but you're just doing it just for the sake of it right so there is that other side of the argument too so i think there's a nuance to it i, I completely admire and respect players who actually take a stance but 
if 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 you are not taking a stance but just doing what you are supposed to be doing what you are meant to do by all by all counts go for it yeah and let's not forget uh, you know this is extremely politically motivated because you have a body like fifa again like so i it was very nice to see german team actually uh, yeah. you know go against uh, and th- this is where it's beautiful because it's not the team it's not the players it's literally the infra footballing infrastructure in 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 a country taking on the governing body right so it's not a, it's yeah. a, it's a stand right from the top i think which is how it should be done and uh, rightly so i i completely agree with what you said is that you don't expect a player to take a stand it's not it's not his job his job is to go out there and play right if he takes a stand more than welcome i think when you once you take a stand whether you like it or don't you have to appreciate it because he's going out he or she is going out of the way to make a statement something it's most of the time something they care about so you appreciate it and it should not become a regular because they for him heaven's sake they're not paid to do that they're paid to play football and i think this was my objection i think it was on bbc or someone they were asking uh, somebody like hey you're going to be commentating on this game so are you going to talk about the atrocities for god's sake it's not the commentator's job to talk about the atrocities uh, it's Gary you Neville as had it it's badly, you as yeah. a journalist so so our society is you know in different parts everyone has a different profession and that's for the reason it's for the journalist to do their job and i think it's supremely unfair for a journalist to ask a football player hey are you going to talk about this no it's not his it's not his or her's job to talk about it. it's your job so when you cover football i think you should have a sports journalist covering the game aspect of it. again you don't want to write uh, dissect a game between argentina and brazil and then plug in um, you know about the atrocities of qatar but then it's good to have a specialized journalist who works in human rights and stuff like that go give us stories in uh, what's actually happening so i think there's room for both and i think there should be a like you said it's there's a very thin division but there should be a division i think it's unfair to push uh, one person's uh, professional burden onto the other right i i don't think uh, there's any need for any of the people participating in the uh, sporting atmosphere to talk about it but then there's this whole human rights foundation we have who can dude you can start with investigating fifa again on just how this happened now you have sepp platter coming out saying we shouldn't have given it to qatar i mean come on instead of asking players who are who are literally at the bottom rung of this ladder asking them for comment hey, i mean it's it's unfortunate Sharda Ogura said it best I think on our last episode where she said let's go get a story yeah. that's there go report on what you see yeah it could be a match but if you see a story of human rights violence or something just go report on it right yeah uh, the the Gary Neville thing I think this was what you're referring to what went viral where uh, he was in a panel where a comedian was just taking him on and saying why are you even going to Qatar why are you even commentating you're taking their money uh but then uh, are you, but then you're going to go and talk about the football and not about human rights it, it was I think uh, uh, Gary Neville was a very low hanging fruit for him uh, so he just yeah. went after him like it was nothing but Gary Neville was outspoken too be- even before he left uh, when commentated in Qatar right he, he was outspoken and said Qatar should never have had it even now I'm sure he's speaking about it in Qatar for Sky I don't know who who is commentating with Sky or BBC so I think it was a bit of a low hanging fruit it went viral I think uh, but I think that was a very shallow exchange I don't think Gary Neville uh, had a great comeback at that time but 
you know, I still see his point. You know, he is there to do a job. He, of course, he wants to cover the World Cup. Who yeah. doesn't want to cover no, the I World empathize, Cup? No, I actually empathize with him. I, I thought that that question was rather uh, misdirected. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you are at a news broadcasting agency, dude. Ask your whole reporter team, man. You have, yeah, I know. you have the whole rather than going and asking commentator what's your take on uh, this thing. I, I mean, I thought it was misplaced, but anyways. But David Beckham, uh, I, I want to ask you this though. David Beckham is getting a lot of slack because he's actually taking money from the Qataris. and promoting uh, qatar to the world right he was he 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 was he's like the brand ambassador of something so is andre perlo by the way i'm getting some of his ads on tv oh, no, uh, so now i think that is a different that kind of breaks my actually heart. taking money literally from the government and actually promoting yeah uh, uh, qatar as this place of uh, oh come here to qatar visit blah 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 eat their food and all that yeah that is the other side so is it's a nice question it's a nice a nice point you bring up right so I've had this discussion actually with uh, my wife about you know advertising at what point do you draw the line of taking money from a company right like for example it's the same with fairness creams you know you have like at what point do you say oh I'm not doing this ad I think that is a very gray zone it depends it's person to person though you would I think where this comes from at least I I hold Andre Pirlo uh, he was my childhood hero so in no less other words uh, but i have not again i have not seen these ads you're talking about but if it is if it is the way it is you just hope it's because we hold them to higher standard right and i don't think they even care like i'm i i don't know if they they know what's going on in qatar they 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 care to it could be possible that they don't care to stay abreast no, with the news right i don't right? know what's going on i think they know what's going on but i think just because of the star power they think oh the people won't care people won't think that i'm i'm ignoring all the human rights uh, you know it, yeah. you know you know it's that it's david beckham hey look at that and not and they're going to ignore the bigger picture of it but they yeah. always are wrong about it i i was giving the absolute flip side right a person need yeah. not be you don't ex- you can give them the benefit of doubt saying oh they are not abreast with what's happening and you can let it go but then when you endorse something you're expected right that's i think that's where the duty and exactly. due diligence lies is when you endorse something you're putting your reputation at literally it is that right for money and you're, you're bound to saying only good things about them and nothing else yeah so when you do that you got to be very very careful about what you're doing and the fact that you're taking money from i'm i'm guessing it's the qatar government right uh, so you're liter man yeah yeah i don't know why you're doing this but yeah you know i have nothing against the people because the people are the hapless uh, helpless uh, people but yeah you're taking money from the government i i think the argument could be made that you're segregating football and tourism you know you're trying to segregate these things but but you cannot if you're david beckham or andre perlo yeah yeah you you, you said you are a major footballing star you you said it so yeah. uh, that's about it but yeah this was my final question for you because I, i i felt it is uh, it is important to talk about this like again i didn't want to mix it up <laughs> during the uh, football discussions we have but i think it deserves at least uh, it's food for thought you know yeah. uh, and 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 also for for qatar from a sporting point of view right even from a sporting point of view they didn't deserve to be in this world cup because they were just terrible they i when i say terrible they're just out of depth they don't have the team i don't think they had a decent enough plan to be ready for this world cup sporting wise yeah. as a team they were still in a decent group it was not as if they were in this group of death or something and they were the first team to crash out so even 
from a sporting point of view yeah but i think that's the uh, host nation advantage right i think every host nation it gets is. to every host nation no matter how good or bad you are right. and that's the only reason i want india to host the world cup sometime in the future cuz that that way you want to see them in the world cup yeah that way you can get in the world cup your your team gets a feel of how it is and then you hope that that spirals on to you know uh, snowballs into bigger things so uh, i mean that's just hope again but you know uh, that's how it is as as one of our guests pointed out aniket i think the the indian uh, women's team is going to make to the world cup before the men would yeah, men for, do, so i'm not surprised be great. yeah i won't yeah. Be, i won't be surprised i think uh, yeah. they they're a phenomenal uh, team and you you can't and yeah you can't write them off man yeah exactly awesome i think uh, we should call it quits at that um really good conversation there so let us uh, if you have any recommendations i'll let you go first and then uh, we'll wrap it up Yeah today is going to be a uh, a recommendation of a repeat of recommendations uh first and the most important one though is uh catch the quarter finals semi finals and the finals cause uh yeah <laughs> i cannot make better recommendations than that no matter what game just go watch it yeah it'll be fun uh, that's the first the second one is i already mentioned was take the ball pass the ball so it's all about this whole position football what it's supposed to mean uh and uh you know the legacy of the barcelona team under pep guardiola in their debut season so very interesting you have folks like javi messi pk everyone talking about it. it's produced by netflix if i'm not wrong or it's on netflix one of them uh so that's that and lastly since we are in the world cup uh theme i am going to re-recommend the footballing scandal fifa so fifa uncovered right uncovered right so and i called fifa footballing scandal intentionally because it is unfortunate once you watch that it's, un- it's just unfortunate how the governing body uh, functions and how again man a classic example of uh, how you can how you start off with one uh, intention and just one person can just take you so far away from uh, you know where you actually desire to be and i think this is again i don't want to go too deep but this is why democracies are important right there you don't rely on one person being really good on an average you can always have uh, you expect to have good uh, folks whereas uh, when you don't have a democratic system you're really relying on every person who comes in in a position of power to be like uh, phenomenal true to all the principles you hold but all that goes null and void cuz fifa in some ways is a democratic organization right so uh yeah it's it's the worst best system we have so it is the worst best system we have which is why in democracies we need independent media like news laundry aniket how about that plug huh absolutely i recommend news laundry uh, guys if you if you are listening to us for the first time or if you don't know what news laundry is all about go to newslaundry.com uh, look at all the ground reports videos interviews podcasts we have available there hit that subscribe button you can subscribe for as cheap as 300 rupees and above so it is a great organization uh, all uh, all of them are uh, held accountable if you want to reach out to anybody you can reach out literally anybody right from the top to the bottom so please go to the website and subscribe to newsonry.com uh, i have a couple of recommendations aniket the first one is well three i had three but then the world cup you already plugged so go watch the world cup as i said it is just great uh the other uh, thing i have i have been recommend this to on the hafta it is called the last cup on npr it is a part of the embedded series or something so you can look it up it's called the last cup it's on lionel messi and how argentina's economic fortunes are linked to messi and how you know messi progressed or moved ahead as did argentina and what factors contributed to it 
and one thing that really strikes out to me for with messi is that he could have so easily played for spain but he did not yeah. he still continues to play for argentina if he had played for spain uh, he would have had a euro and a world cup by now easily right so yeah. he did not do that he, st- he still loves his country and he still wants to play for argentina and get it done can he get it done or not that's a different story but he really wants to do it it's for his desire. career i think which is yeah which is just to- very admirable to me the other recommendation i have is uh, i'm going to go with a cricket recommendation it's co- it's a podcast called the great cricketer the grade g r a d e great cricketer and i want to int- recommend one uh, episode with wasim akram that they did wasim akram is coming out with a memoir uh, gideon hayes rating it one of the great writers so i saw that it was a, it was a great episode right yeah yeah it is a great episode he, he, because he, they talk about everything other than cricket yeah. you just get to see a different side of wasim akram and some cool stories out there so Uh, yeah i mean if you if gideon hay has written it with wasim akram so uh, the book should be good so if you can get your hands to the wasim akram memoir go get your hands on it wasim if you're listening we'd love to have you on this podcast <laughs> yeah wasim please come come on to the podcast i want to discuss at least two two deliveries for you i was watch by the way that took me down a rabbit hole and i was watching a lot of wasim akram highlights i've <laughs> been there <laughs> yeah done that yeah <laughs> so i want to if he comes on to a podcast i want to talk about at least two deliveries of wasim akram yeah. his bowling career that still blow my mind so we'll we'll save it for our uh, exactly. interview with him but yeah exactly so having said that aniket the world cup is still on i can't wait for these knockout games to uh start and once we are done with it i'm sure we'll talk again after the world cup ends and do a complete uh, what is the other word for post mortem is called something right there's another for term for post mortem it's called there's a medical term to it post mortem is the medical term right like there's uh, another there's another thing for it there's okay. another term for it but anyway we'll we'll try to dissect there's another medical term the world cup after uh, after world after uh, the final ends next weekend yeah all right with that uh Guys, subscribe to News Laundry, and as Gautam said, you can write to anyone. So you can write to us with constructive feedback as well, or you can just let us know what you think. If you are into sport and you want to talk about your sport, we'd love to have you over because the whole agenda of this podcast is to make sport a conversation. So re- reach out to us at podcast slash letters, I think, and you can also email us. But we'd prefer if you leave us a note in that drop down menu that we have. Thank you, guys. Bye. Have a good one. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.